0: This is Rainmaker FM, the digital marketing podcast network. It's built on the Rainmaker platform, which empowers you to build your own digital marketing and sales platform. Start your free 14-day trial at rainmakerplatform.com. Welcome to the showrunner, where we have one goal, teach you how to develop, launch, and run a remarkable show. Ready? Ready? And welcome, showrunners, to episode number 17 of the Showrunner Podcast. I am your host, Jared Morris. I am joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host and defender of humanity, Johnny Naster. And Johnny, you and I get to see each other again next week at Podcast Movement uh, in Fort Worth, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the house that I'm recording from right now. I'm looking forward to seeing you.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: A hop skip yeah. And a well, jump. Fort Worth is kind of no. out there, so it's actually probably a hop, a couple of skips, and then several jumps, especially depending on the time of day. <laughs> but yeah, well, thanks for clarifying. <laughs> I appreciate
1: that. No problem. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be. I did you go did last not. year to podcast? My I home? did not. Yeah, either did I. So this is my first time, too. So it's going to be
0: a Looking forward to that. Looking forward to the showrunner meetup that we have planned. Uh, Both you and I are speaking. And so we actually uh, we're going to have some information here a little bit later for how people can get their hands on those presentations if you can't go to podcast movement. So stay tuned for that a little bit later in the show. But I wanted to kick things off today, Johnny, actually, with a callback to last episode. And our listener question was from, from Philippe, uh, from inside of the course, and we brought it here to the episode. And it was about whether it's better inside of your emails that you send to your subscribers, directing them to listen to your show, whether it's better to put the link to the your platform page with your show notes or the link to iTunes, to your iTunes page. And so I said that we would go actually get some data because we've been in our showrunner emails, we've been sending, we've been using the link to both the Rainmaker FM page and to iTunes. And so I said, let's get some data. Let's see which one people are actually clicking on. And I have some data. And so I went back and got five recent episodes... And here is the breakdown of which link people were clicking on. So we have 27 people clicking on the Rainmaker FM link to seven people clicking on the iTunes link. The next email was 62 people clicking on the Rainmaker FM link and seven people clicking on iTunes. That one is slightly misleading because we actually used the link twice, once inside the body of the email itself, and it was directing people to look at photos. It was for that episode we did on low-cost ways to improve your audio. So that one, a little bit different. But then the next three, 35 to Rainmaker FM, three to iTunes, 26, three, 21, two, all of this to say the vast majority of the action was going to the Rainmaker FM link. And so we decided in our last email to just send people to the Rainmaker FM link. And we got about the same number of clicks just to Rainmaker FM. I didn't see an increase, a decrease. So we're going to do this for the next several emails and see if removing the iTunes link perhaps increases clicks to Rainmaker FM simply because there's now only one call to action instead of two. Uh, and so we'll have a little bit more information. Do those numbers say anything to you? Do they surprise you? What are your, what are your final thoughts on this, this topic?
1: They say something to me and they don't surprise me. I, I don't think, I, I honestly, like I wouldn't have linked to iTunes because I don't really think that there's a value, especially where most people now are reading emails on their phone or on our mobile device. So getting click straight through to iTunes, like if they're already subscribed probably, so they've already have the show if they wanted to listen to it. But it also shows me, I think, the value of the show notes that we've been creating um, because I think people want to go there and get that sort of extra portion of the content, uh, which is either the complete text version via test via the transcripts at the bottom, or just like a thorough sort of representation of what is included in the show, but in text-based. So to me, it really does show the value of doing show notes. Well, Um, and it, so I don't know, it doesn't surprise me, but I'm glad we checked because it's it's one of those things where you have to test this. You can't, we could have made assumptions all day, but now it's perfectly clear. And now if I say that, no, iTunes would only get like 10% of the clicks, you can't tell me that mm-hmm. it's anything different.
0: Yeah. The- and <laughs> I just
1: love the numbers because right. there's no arguing with the numbers, right? That <laughs> There they are. Exactly. There they are. <laughs> Like, we might need more to te- like to get a thorough representation, but still, we have a good, like, sort of picture being painted. right? Yeah, and
0: I think, I, like. I mean, I know for shows that I'm subscribed to in iTunes and that I subscribe to the email list, and there are some, I don't, you know, I wouldn't click over from the link to iTunes. I would just go to my podcast feed And go find it, (laughs) you know, so I don't, I don't think that's really the natural flow for how people would listen anyway. So we'll see, we'll see if it has any kind of negative impact or positive impact. And we'll report back later. But that was, uh, that was for each question. We didn't have the full information to answer it. And so we wanted to give a more thorough answer to kick off this episode. And with that being done, Johnny, what do you say we hop into the meat of today's episode, which is going to be fun because it's actually a conversation that we had on Friday and we enjoyed it so much that we decided to bring it back for this episode. I, I say, say let's we do should it do it now. All right. So let's jump into today's main topic, Johnny, which. We talked about this on a recent showrunner huddle that we did inside of the showrunner podcasting course, which will be launched fully on August 3rd, by the way. So that is coming up, the full launch for anybody who hasn't gotten into it yet. And we do these huddles every other week where it's either a QA and a or we do uh, you know, a webinar or a presentation on a specific topic. This one was a QA, and a And someone asked us a great question, which was about how do you decide what to give away And what to sell. And it was an appropriate question to ask us, obviously, because we're doing this free showrunner podcast. But then we also have the showrunner podcasting course. So how do we decide what content goes here in these freely available episodes, what content goes in the showrunner.fm content series that you can sign up for via email at showrunner.fm. And then what is inside the course that people pay for? So Do you want to kick things off here, Johnny, by providing some general guidance on this topic that I know can be a tricky one for a lot of people?
1: Yeah, I'd love to. And I mean, this is ultimately probably content marketing, like the very beginning, like 101 almost, but it's also probably the most frequently asked question that there is. You can teach people and you can tell people to give away Good, solid, valuable free content. But it's always that inkling in the back, right? Like, am I giving away too much? Am I giving away too much? Is there going to be anything left to sell? So it is, it can be hard. And so I definitely understand why this question comes up and comes up. And it worked well because last week, I think it was Thursday, right? That uh, Copy Blogger reposted um, an older article from yes. Chris Garrett. Um, exactly on this topic and he did it obviously so well i can't remember what that link was but we will provide it um in the show notes for everyone because he does and it was summed up i posted it into the facebook group and then it was summed up very nicely with the how you should give away the what and the why and then sell Mm -hmm. the how-to which is true um and then but it's it's still tough, right? So, like, does that clearly state it? Because we kind of give away a how-to on this show, but then we also sell a product behind it, right? So, the I guess the way to hmm, this is a tough it one. Is. Well, a it tough is a tough word.
0: one because there's no simple answer, and and I know that that kind of answer sometimes exactly. frustrates people, but it really will depend on you, what your content is, what your audience is, what they're expecting, the expectations you've set. So, I mean, there are a lot of variables that go into answering this question for you. I will say that the best piece of general advice that I've ever gotten on this, and I'm pretty sure I got it from two sources, because every time I think about this, I'm not quite sure who to credit, either Brian Clark or Darren Rallis, and I'm pretty sure I heard it or read it from both of them, which was basically to give away so much content that you feel like you're giving away too much, then give away a little more, <laughs> which, is, which is the basic rule of thumb, <laughs> right? Because I think a lot of times we... We kind of pull back and we think, wait a minute. You know, if I give all of this away, what is there left for people to pay for? You know, and and I know, you know, sometimes with the the kumbaya nature of the internet, sometimes I mean, we want to provide all this free content that we can sometimes feel uncomfortable saying, uh, what, you know, what am I going to charge for? I need to get paid. But at the end of the day, what's great about that is it actually allows you to do more and engage more with your audience. And we talked about this on the huddle. Is that We can do so much on the Showrunner podcast, and we love doing it. And even if there were no course, even if there were nothing else, you and I would continue doing the show because we really love doing it for free, just to pass along lessons and advice and try and transfer our enthusiasm on to other people like other people did for us when we were first coming up. But you and I obviously Mm -hmm. have bills to pay. We have jobs. We have things that we have to do that if the showrunner is not generating revenue somehow, we're not going to be able to do those things. And so creating the course helps us do that, right? And it allows us to go on a deeper level with people inside the course and do these huddles and create the lessons that are in there. And so I think when you're when you're looking at this line you know, what do you charge for? I think it's that next level of engagement, right? Like for us, it's it's access to us. People inside the course get a really deep level of access to us. They get the additional training with the huddles, right, that we can't do live and just give away for free all the time. They get the very structured how-to process. And I think when you look at it from a how-to process, you know, a very structured lesson plan, step by step with action guides, and then providing the content in many different mediums. So, inside of a course, for example, you know, right now you can listen to this episode, you can get the transcript. Inside the course, you can watch a video, you can download an MP3, you can see it in transcript form, you can get the action guides that go with it. So, there's just there's more there's different formats available and so all of this is kind of extra going the next level and and plus if there's any type of community you know people really pay for that support for the shared enthusiasm so i think those are the kind of things those next level opportunities for value that people will pay for as long as it's really built on that foundation Of so much stuff given and given and given, a lot of value given, and then people will take that next step. And again, I don't know if I defined it any better than you did because there's not a, it's not like, okay, you give away XYZ and then this type, you pay for it. It's not always that simple, but I think those are some general rules of thumb.
1: Yeah, no, I think you did it really well. And I think it really does come down to, that thought that everybody has in the back of their head, am I giving away too much information? And as you said, Brian and Darren said, you're going to have that thought. And as soon as you think that, give away a little more. Don't then stop and try and pull back because that's what most people do. And then the content stops being valuable, right? So I've now, since you've been talking, um, it's become more clear. And I've kind of got down to three sort of ways to do this and three ways that we do it. Like, I think we do it fairly well on the showrunner and three things that we've sort of put into it. So the very first one, of course, is to teach, right? Teach and engage the audience, which we are working on building up this audience and then engaging with them, whether they want to join the course or not, we spend just as much time via email and via Twitter and via Facebook to engage these people and help them as much as we can, right? And to teach them. And I think that that's super valuable. If you don't have that because you're just holding information back because you think it's too much, then you're never going to get that level of engagement, right? Nobody wants to be just like, well, if you pay me, I'll tell you a little bit more. People just don't want that. It's got to be something different or something deeper that is on the other side, but that's kind of irrelevant in the teaching stage. Um, Then we connect with peers, which also helps us to, I think it makes us, it helps us to I guess, gain authority within the marketplace. Um, And we do this with, usually with recommendations, right? And this comes from Chris's articles. This is where I'm taking these three things. He mentions, I think, six of them in there, but the three that we do really well, I think, is that engage connecting with our peers, which is other people who run shows. And we do that through recommendations to our audience, but then it does send links out there and we get these people coming back to us and engaging with us. And it puts us on that level. It gives us that Authority with them. And plus, they can help the course at times mm-hmm. when the course is live, right? So, there's it's a good, valuable thing to do. Um, and then we encourage the sharing of ideas, or which I think is we make the show valuable enough and also shareable, right? So that people want to share it with them so that it spreads. So, our message then spreads across other platforms other people's platforms and further and that's also very much connected to the peers and connecting with the peers because they can share our content across their platforms which then spreads our message which is all about teaching and engaging our audience and widening the net for it and then hopefully that leads back to we once we engage with people far enough that it takes them to the paid side of the content Um, so those are the three things that from what you said, Jared, and then that connects to exactly to Chris Garrett's uh, article. And I think that those are kind of necessary um, because it's focusing on the content now. I think when you're focusing on the content now only partially, but also always thinking about the next piece, the paid piece, I think that's where you lose it. I think you just have to focus on what you are producing now, um if that's free then that's what you're producing and you're only worried about making that as valuable as
0: the paid content, different but as valuable. Otherwise, yep. it's not. No, I love how you broke that down, and, and Chris Garrett knows as much about this as anybody, and he's so good at explaining it. So I highly recommend that article. He's so good, it will be in the show notes for you. Uh, if you go to Showrunner.fm, you'll find the show notes there, and you'll also you'll find the the slot to sign up for our email address. And we just started this new content series called the Four Essential Elements of a Remarkable Podcast, and these are ideas that we've talked about before, but we really put them into a structure and kind of into this lesson plan that, that gets delivered via email over the course of about a week. And you're exactly right. You know, when we sat down to write that, it's not like we were saying, well, this is going to go out for free, so let's not give everything away. It was just let's make here's the topic. Let's make this as great and as valuable as we can for everybody. It's not like it's chock full of just, "Hey, if you want to learn more, go to the showrunner course." No, each email is, you know, almost like its own substantial blog post with other resources and links elsewhere just so you can learn these topics, you know? And that's the main that's the main idea. And I think you You hit that well that, you know, with the teaching and and with the content that you're putting out, make that as good as it can be. And then I think the one other distinction that can be made between free and paid is a lot of the free advice, you know, you may think of that more as general advice. Like when we're on here talking, we're giving general advice about making great shows, about podcasts. And a lot of times what you can what people will pay for is more custom advice you know like there's people in the course who are able to ask very specific questions about their show and really dig deep and people will pay for more custom training like we can't do that on shriner we can't take every single iteration of a show and, and give advice on it we can give general tips um, and use our uh, our shows and our experiences and ex- as examples, but that's another place where, again, that line between free and paid can be drawn is for custom. Any other final thoughts on this, John? Before we hop into our listener question,
1: I think we did it. I think we, we nailed, nailed it, it. and I, I and I really don't think we should. Give out too much more for nope. free, so we should probably yep get to hear off the rest this of this
0: episode of the <laughs> showrunner twenty five dollars. <laughs> no, just kidding. However,
1: uh, so bad. But when you said the email, how we don't put like just a little tiny bit of the email, and then to find out more, go here. It's like we've all got burr. those emails yeah. from companies, and it's you. You're like part way through. It starts off the first paragraph's good, and then just instantly, it's like this is the first email to me. and You're already trying to just direct mm-hmm. me to a sales page. It's like Delete. I'm off this email. I don't want this, right? You told me I was getting good content. I was getting lessons about something. And now you're instantly just, oh, you want the lessons? Go here. It's like, so I I love how you said that. And I think it's key. So yeah, get on that email list and you'll see. I mean, the way that we do it ourselves. uh,
0: Christina Cantor's email list is a lot like that. She's got that 21 day confidence challenge. I mean, like every single one of those is like a thousand word blog post, like full, complete value. Just in your inbox, right there. It's not you know trying to sell you on something or anything like that. It's great. So, and I think that, and and I, w- I wonder if she, when she was writing that, she was like, "Man, I'm giving a lot of this away for free, but it's helping people connect and growing yeah. her audience and giving her people a lot of value." So, yeah,
1: and there's you'll never go wrong doing that. You'll never go wrong building that audience and that connection. You just won't, even if you don't get to sell them immediately on your first product or yeah. thing you ever sale, Even it's that. Having that connection and that audience will will
0: seriously yeah. be valuable. Play the long time. game, folks. Play the long game. Yeah, hey, go. I've got some exciting information about how people who aren't in Fort Worth next weekend can see us. Do you want to hear that? All right. Ooh, I would love to. That's coming next. So today's listener question is sponsored by Podcast Movement. And as we talked about earlier, Johnny and I will both be at Podcast Movement. We will be presenting there. Uh, the Rainmaker platform is the title sponsor for Podcast Movement. And so you'll see us there. Damien Farnworth will be there. Uh, a lot of members of the Copyblogger team will be there. And it's $497 for a ticket to Podcast Movement. And obviously you have to travel to dallas get to fort worth all of that stuff so this may be a little bit of a late notice for people who actually want to go there but if you do we would love to meet you if you can't go but if you would like to still see my presentation see johnny's and see all of the other presentations and keynote speeches that there will be and the lineup for podcast movement is incredible Mark Marin's going to be there. Sarah Koenig is going to be there. Many others. You can go to podcastmovement.com and check that out. But if you can't go, but you still want to be entertained by these presentations, learn from them, it's $297. That's it for a virtual ticket. And what the virtual ticket gives you is on-demand audio and video recordings of every breakout session and panel discussion and most of the keynote speakers at Podcast Movement 2015. And they will be, you can access them or download them via a private virtual ticket, and it'll come within 30 to 45 days of the end of the event. So again, just $297, and you can get all of the same information that the people at Podcast Movement got. So go to podcastmovement.com slash register. You'll see the option for the virtual ticket. Check that out. Uh, and again, Johnny and I will be there. We'll be presenting, and so we would love for you to have an opportunity to see those presentations, and that is the way to do it. Now, on to today's question. It comes via Twitter from Adam Fraser, Fraser or Fraser, not exactly sure how to pronounce that. But Adam, thank you for your question and for your continued support on Twitter. We really appreciate it. And he asked us about audio quality leveling. And the question is, at the end of a podcast production, do we recommend Auphonic or Levelator? And he says he uses Audacity as his core editing platform. I have only used... Uh, Levelator myself, I do not have experience with Ophonic, Johnny, I know you do. So I will let you handle the recommendation here. And I have only used
1: Ophonic. Ooh. (laughs) So (laughs) because, and the reason why I did that was because I was starting my show a year ago and at that time, and still, I guess to this day, Levelator is not supported anymore. And so you can still download it for free, but it hasn't been supported by its developers for the last couple of years. So although it works at some point, and that could be at any update of any software that we use at this point to make like produce our shows, it's just going to stop working. And then I think you, to me it was I'm going to go through this learning curve and put all this effort in and literally within A week or within a year, it's going to just stop working and I'm going to have to move over to Alphonic anyways. So I just went with it. And you do have to pay for Alphonic and you can download it and... Um, so you have it as eleven dollars a month for up to
0: nine. I think so. Hours? That, that's I just checked this um, morning, and you can use it online, and it's free for up to two hours per month of editing. So, th- so there is a, kind of that free version. Right. But then, yeah, I think it was it's eighty nine dollars, I believe, for the personal license, and three hundred and eighty nine or something for the commercial. Don't quote me on that, but I know that I've heard that they're they're very generous with the personal license. So I think most of our listeners would be able to use that.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to. Remember, because I, because you can do it, yeah, with like credits, one time credit. They have, it's, it's actually a really strange product. (laughs) Like, they're, they're, like, they're not, they're great at making software, but they're really bad at selling it. And it's the most confusing, like, pricing page I've ever seen. But there was, there's a way in here that you can. I paid for it. I paid like $90 or something. And that was either, okay. And that was either for one year or for just forever. And so I just paid that because I knew that I was going up, obviously, to three a week. And so it was the hours, it just didn't make sense. And so I just went with it. And then it literally just downloaded. I have like a desktop, like it's right on my desktop and I just input it. Because the other one with, with the, when you're using the online version, you like, you upload your, audio and then you have to wait like you can be in queue and that can take a couple minutes Ooh. or it could take like upwards of like half hour or an hour to get your audio back um, depending on the load of. in the, the words of sweet
0: time. brown um, ain't nobody got time for that
1: Start
0: so throw that in there. <laughs> I'm impatient, and I'm typically
1: kind of behind schedule. At that point, it's like I just yeah. got to get this out. Like I can't sit here and wait for it. Everything else is done, and I'm waiting for my audio to come back. And then also when it comes back, and it was like not quite. I had to like change a setting because although the settings, like I mean, they're set, like, you preset them, and they're kind of the same every time. I found that sometimes an, a certain episode would just not come out as clear as I wanted it to. So I could redo it on my desktop and like adjust the settings, then be like, okay, now I'm happy with this version. Um, so if it took me two or three tries, it was, it was just, it took, it would be like half the day I'm sitting there trying yeah. to figure it out. So, um, yeah. So a phonic, that's the one to go with because it is supported. It is paid. But if you want to, I mean, Jared's been using it for this show, right? For level later mm-hmm. at this point, you've used it um, some yeah. later and, It has worked so far and it could continue to work for years to come. We don't know. It's just, it's not supported. So I didn't go that way.
0: Good answer. And it's actually a really good segue into our podcast recommendation and you'll find out why next. Okay. So today's podcast recommendation, we have one. Because I think it's a really strong recommendation, and and we both really want people to listen to this. Because I think what will happen when you listen to this episode uh, is that it's going to make you ask yourself some tough questions that I think every showrunner should ask themselves. And the the podcast in question is Startup, which most everybody knows. And I will say, Startup, the show Startup, I do want to give them a hat tip because the way they kind of go behind the scenes, show the warts you know give you kind of the full view of what goes on that is part of the inspiration for the showrunner and how we like to take you behind the scenes and kind of let you see us making the episode as we're making the episode so hat tip to Alex Bloomberg and the guys for creating i think a really important show both just because it's interesting and entertaining and for i think moving the just the medium along a little bit so Big fan of startup, but they recently did an episode. It's a bonus episode. It came at the end of season two, and it's called Bonus. But wait, there's more. And it's an episode on advertising. (laughs) And it includes a discussion between Alex Bloomberg and the hosts of Reply All, where the hosts of Reply All are very uncomfortable about a particular advertisement that they ran where instead of just reading ad copy almost, you know how you listen to ads and it's kind of just an objective reading of the ad copy. It's not necessarily an endorsement. You know that the host was given this copy by the advertiser and they're reading it. Well, there was a particular ad they did where it actually included an endorsement. You know, they talked about how one of the startup founders had used this particular product, really liked it. And to, to these guys, the host of Reply All who have a journalistic background, they really saw it as infringing on their journalistic integrity to actually be making this endorsement instead of just reading ad copy. And I thought it was a really, really interesting thought experiment to go through and kind of figure out for myself how I feel about it. Because I can see it from the journalistic perspective and how you can view it as compromising your integrity almost and you're putting this endorsement out there but you know what if something happens with the product two or three weeks down the road and i even endorse this thing and it's and i can see that and yet for myself i know that i don't ever want to endorse a product paid or not, that I haven't used. I mean, look at what we just did with Auphonic right there. I mean, that was basically a two, three-minute advertisement for Auphonic that we did not get paid for, but mm-hmm. it's just because it was an endorsement. We're sharing this information with you, our listener, because it's a question that you have, and so it's a paid product. That's fine. We're still going to give you our personal experience with it. So I don't have the same problem with it those guys did, I'll be curious to get your thoughts on this Johnny and maybe we expand this into a whole episode at some point but I really highly recommend that everybody go listen to the episode because I think it's something that everybody who if you know whether you're going to have a paid advertisement or even whether you're just going to endorse something on your show you really want to think through how you feel about this because I think it's just important to know think through the the consequences, the benefits, and just make sure that you're doing it intentionally and not doing something that later on down the road you're like wait, why did I do that. So what are, what are your thoughts on this, especially I mean you've had an advertisement on your show before. Yeah, and this is
1: interesting because I've only had one advertisement so far and but now it's moving. So this past month um, I've moved fresh books down from all my advertisements to just one per week and at the same time I joined midroll. So midroll Will find advertisers for me now for my show. And the way it's supposed to work is that I'm supposed to only object to an advertiser being on my show if it's like a moral objection or if there's a direct business thing that where there's like, we can't, where there's a conflict there. And otherwise, you're supposed to not judge whether it's right for your market or not. But that's actually mid-rolls. Not this is interesting because I haven't actually listened to the startup episode and I'm going to. Um, But this is interesting because last week I was looking at my calendar and this episode today, uh, Monday, and then tomorrow's Tuesday were the two in the next like month and a half that I have. And there's where there's no advertiser scheduled for it, then I have. On the other side, I have a really good friend of mine who helped me with Hack the Entrepreneur, my first website, he put it up, did a ton of work for me, and he just launched a a brand new company. And so I was like, your your new company is perfect for my audience. I want to do two ad spots for you. And it was funny, I was like, so can you give me, like every other advertiser gives me, give me 15 to 20 talking points and I'll talk it into my voice. And it was funny because he gave them to me and they were like full on endorsements. And I mean, Nick, he might listen to this <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> and I mean, you can tell what his company is if you go to Hack the Entrepreneur and see. But the thing was, I read it and I was, and we went through this and I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but I was like, this is a full endorsement, Nick. And although I do fully endorse it because I know you, I like you, I trust you, I'm a friend with you, I can't do it like that because. One thing you're not even paying me, although he offered to pay me, but I was like, no, you're not paying me, but. I said, I'm going to be going into paid sponsorships next week with companies I don't know, and they're going to wonder why they're not getting yeah. a full endorsement from me. And I said, so I can't, I mean, they're going to be paying me good money. I can't fully endorse you because I know you and then go to, okay, I know nothing about this product, but here's the ad copy. It's like, it's not going to work, right? So we went to a straight, it's like, I got to treat you like a paid advertiser, like I don't know you, like I like you're not friends, like yep. we don't have coffee together. So it was interesting, right? Because there is that line. And although with podcasting, I mean, the pitch for podcasting advertising is, is that it's read in my voice, right? It's read by the host. It's not like television where it's literally an ad created by the company and just cut into our piece of content. So it is our voice. So you do, in the back of your head, there is that connection of almost endorsement, but not really. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can fully endorse products you don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, and and it's funny because they talked about that, you know, how, because they they eventually decided that they're going to change and and they're not going to do those kind of ads on Reply All anymore where there are endorsements. And they even said, you know, the next time we go back to this advertiser and we say that we can't do this endorsement type ad, they're going to be a little less excited to renew, to re-up because that expectation has now been created. So they kind of expected that it'll be a step back to maybe take a couple forward, but yeah, it's just, it's, again, it's really interesting. And I think it, there's a difference between, you know, the paid ad spot, you know, where you, and, and most podcasts are good about doing this in startup, especially having specific music and you do this on Hack the Entrepreneur so you know that it's an advertisement. And the difference between that and then just a discussion inside of a show, like we just did with Alphonic, where everybody knows there's no money exchanging hands here. It's just an honest discussion, and you know you happen to endorse that product to a certain extent simply because you've used it. But it's really just more a sharing of an experience than an endorsement. But it's still kind of an, you know, like it's just there's a lot of gray lines. Mm-hmm. But I think what you just said that you're going to do with Hack the Entrepreneur, what the guys on startup said is smart to draw lines. And I don't know where that line is for everybody, but I do think it's important that all the sure runners think this through and know where their lines are because it'll just make operating much simpler and and better moving forward.
1: Yeah. And that being said, those lines I know are hard when you're starting because like you said with... Reply. Reply, reply all. It. Is it they? They have to go. Yeah, they have to go back now to that advertiser and try and get the ad spot again. But now, now the contracts change because when we were starting, we we want to try and give advertisers everything. Here's all the stuff I can give you just to be my first advertiser. (laughs) We really want it, right? But then after you start getting a few people coming to you for advertising, then it's like, whoa, actually, I can't do this for all of you. Now it's like we've got to backtrack. I mean, I did this with FreshBooks, right? That's kind of how it was. I had one, so and I used the product so I could fully endorse it. But then when it was like, okay, now I can't just keep that one. I have to go to more. Now it was kind of like, I did kind of have to backpedal and now change the way I do it, which is okay. But you know what I mean? So it's hard. I know that it's hard at the beginning because you really want those advertisers at the beginning and you're willing to do more. I see people that will tweet stuff out. They'll also post it on Facebook. Like They're trying to give this whole big package of stuff to their advertiser just to get them. But if you start getting one per, like, a different advertiser for every episode, it's it's going to be really hard to make that valuable to everyone. Um, so it's a tough line. It really is. But it's true to really stop and think about it and think about what it is you want to provide in the long run and, yeah. I guess, in the short I term. I
0: feel like we could talk about this for a lot longer. Maybe we'll maybe we'll expand this into another episode at some point when we – I do feel like that was our longest <laughs> podcast agree. recommendation Yeah. I agree. That's why we only wanted to do one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, exactly. So it was good. Yes, it was, actually- it was. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of The Showrunner. We thank you so much for being here, for giving us your ears, for giving us your attention, and for continuing to support The Showrunner. We really appreciate it. A quick reminder, go to podcastmovement.com slash register and check out that virtual ticket. If you want to see our presentations at Podcast Movement, and go to Rainmaker. Here we go again. Not taking our own advice and giving two calls to action at the end, but they're both important. Uh, go to Rainmaker or go to Showwinner.fm, and we do. If you're not on the email list already, there is that new content series, the Four Central Elements of a Remarkable Podcast, that we want to share with you. And the main goal is, especially if you're joining us late, you haven't listened to a lot of the past episodes yet we want to give you the foundation of our curriculum, basically. And these are the four pillars really of any remarkable piece of content, but we specifically apply them to podcasting, to show running. And if you are already on the email list, by the way, we're going to put this into an ebook and send it to all of you. So you'll just get it. You don't need to sign up for the email list again with another email address, although we appreciate it if you would think of Jumping through those hoops uh, <laughs> to get this series, but <laughs> but you don't need to. We will put this into an ebook and send it out to you sometime in the next week or two. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. All right, Johnny. Looking forward to seeing you That's in awesome. about eleven days from this recording. Yeah, it is.
1: It's going to be fun. It is. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.